what is up everybody it is your boy michael joined as always with lincoln and welcome to the left hand backhand podcast uh we're coming welcome. off yeah we're coming off an exciting um major i i think it's the biggest tournament of the year but um the worlds went down this last weekend uh give us your initial thoughts um after we we had a few days to kind of sit and think about it it doesn't even feel like worlds happened like it just like came and went so quickly i'm like wait let's run it back again i know let's, yeah let's do it, it one more time i don't know it, it felt so fast it it was kind of weird how we had that one playoff event and then there was that silver series and then into worlds and now there's more more playoff okay. events yeah we like, got mvp next yep and then is it usdgc next i don't know the actual schedule so we can look that up and yeah. talk about that I'll, more, I'll, but i'll pull that up before we talk about it but uh but yeah it just it just kind of feels like world just like came and went and i didn't get to enjoy it as much as i wanted to Granted, part of it was because I was uh, out backpacking to get the chance to go in the Grand Junction, Colorado area, go like an hour and a half south. It's just this tiny little town called Ure, and there's like a ton of different hiking places you can go. But nice. My brother and I went backpacking like four and a half miles uphill the whole way, and it took us so long to get there. Yeah. And then the four and a half hour or the four and a half miles coming back took us an hour and 15 minutes like it was so fast because it was all downhill yeah um but it was an absolute blast and so i kind of got to be surprised by worlds i watched the first three rounds and then i was gone out of cell coverage just turned my phone off tried to get yeah. away from the world and came back to isaac robinson yep yeah holy dang yeah just kind of stuck around and then pulled ahead in the end and held on so um yeah it was crazy um and that kind of brings my my first point is up until round four there was so round one two three and four finished with four different people in first place mm -hmm. um why do you think there was so much change um yeah just do you have any thoughts on that or comments yeah i mean lots lots to dig into and uh thank you for listening to the show we're pretty much only going to talk about worlds today do a little bit of a what's new in michael's bag and also what we're looking forward to this week um, but we're just going to kind of dig into worlds because we haven't talked about it yet purposefully yeah. so we can get all yeah. of our our thoughts out um, here. Uh, do we want to go over results first, or do they'll, we want to talk about it? I think they'll come come out organically. I mean, you, exactly. we already said who won for MPO. Um, and, so yeah, and the, we we yeah. did uh, round one last week. Yeah, after yeah. we recorded, a um, couple crazy storylines. Just looking at the rounds that we didn't talk on, because there's four rounds in the finals, like we talked about. Uh, after round two, Grady Shue was randomly in first place. Yeah. Uh, was it tied with Nicholas Antilla? Um, looking at it, yes. 
So yeah, they, I think they, so. They, yeah, they were both kind of they both played around the same time. I think Nicholas was a few holes uh back of of Grady. Mm-hmm. Um and so he kind of was Grady set the pace and Nicholas Nicholas was chasing him um and he had the really unfortunate roll away to go out of bounds on 18's green to get that bogey um but that's yeah so they they finished tied going into round three yeah so not super surprised by Nicholas because he had a really strong finish last year and kind of proved that he couldn't compete on tour yeah Grady doesn't play in a ton of events so it was kind of surprising um but what, like just looking at round two, Ricky Wysocki, Chris Dickerson, Gannonburg, Coleradon, and Anthony Barella were all tied for third. Yeah. So in, in my mind, one stroke Ricky, off the lead. Yeah. One one stroke off the lead. Yep. Ricky, after round two, I'm like, okay, Rick, like let's go. Like. Yeah, primo. I want to I want to see you turn on the Jets and just start building a lead after after round three and after round four, and then, you know, yeah, see what happens there. Um, Isaac Robinson was nine down on the first round and six down on the second round. So he was tied for ninth with Simon and Gavin and James Proctor, my pick. Yeah. Shout out, James. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there were a lot of people within contention after round two. Yeah. But it was after sure. round three that I was really kind of just like, Take this, back. Is anybody, this is anybody's ball game right now. Yeah, for sure. And granted, these are the three rounds that I watched. So round four, I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on your insight. But mm-hmm. after round okay. three, Cole Dolan was in first place, solo first at minus twenty six. Yeah, shooting nine down. Chris Dickerson shot a minus eight to be in solo second, and then Isaac Robinson with another nine down. So Isaac went nine six nine, and he's tied for third. James Proctor was tied for third. So I was like, oh, like let's go. My pick is right up there. Yep. Anthony Barella played consistent, which uh, spoiler he finished in solo second place. Yeah, which is awesome. Off of off of Isaac, who just laid up for bogey on eighteen. Um, then you had Laurie Lettinen in sixth, Alden Harris, Gannonburg, Calvin Heimberg, Kyle Klein, Evan Scott, Simon, and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, what happened to Ricky? Like yeah. he only shot minus three in round three, and I'm like, Rick. What are you doing, brother? Yeah, he definitely did not have the best round. I mean, looking at his start, he went one down for the through the first five holes. And this is on Fox, on um Brewster Ridge. And mm-hmm. those first five holes, you gotta kind of come out flying. Um, the teeth of that course come from 15 back, I believe. Uh, no, no, the end's the end isn't that bad, but the no, middle there's, of the course, I mean it's it's like every other hole. It's like one hole. It's like okay, it's par or birdie, and the other hole is like par's a good score. Yeah, yeah. And so he just just struggled, man. I I was really surprised, truthfully. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, he he is now what five plus years without winning a major, which is absolutely insane, especially because. He's the guy I pull for because I yeah. thought, man, like this guy's legit when I first started watching disc golf. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so, it, I'm, I'm bummed. <laughs> it, it, it's tough because he's 
done it before, which of in the disc off of old, those are the kind of the only people that you would expect to win was the ones that have done it before because it was Rick, Paul, um, and you've got some older guys in there mixed in. But like, if you've done it before, you've been there, you've been through the steps, you've made those putts, you've clutched up at the end. And mm-hmm. that is like, you, you know how to win under pressure. Yes. And worlds is, I think, I think every single player would trade any, almost any wins that they have this year for a world title. hundred percent. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So it is the biggest tournament for them. They want it the most. It means the most. It's the most meaningful tournament for all these players. And so it's, uh, it does take that mental toll at the end of it to still execute under that pressure. Yeah. So I, I had seen through round three. So moving into round four is where, like I said, after round two, Seeing what happened in round three, I was like, dang, this really is anybody's game right now. There's so many players within a couple strokes of the top. Like, I'm glad it's a five-round tournament because it's definitely going to separate who's deserving of winning a world title up at the top. Yeah. And then round four, Isaac Robinson pulls away, shooting minus 12. As well as Evan Scott in second yeah, place. And Calvin and Kyle on AB tied for third. Chris Dickerson, Matt, uh, Eagle McMahon, Matteo, Alden Harris, and then Paul McBeth snuck his way into the top 10, as yeah. well as Gannon Burr. So then you're like, okay, yeah, definitely some of the cream is starting to rise to the top. But it, I think Buck yeah. it out with a three stroke lead over everybody. Yeah. And after round three, especially with the recent, like, winning that Cole just did, I expected him to perform a little bit better. I did too. That fourth round, I didn't know if he was going to hold on to it, but I definitely didn't expect him to come. And I'm trying to f- even find he out. Shot, I think he plus he one? shot plus three. Three, plus three. And round four. Like 961 rating. Like that's you that's, out That's you out there. That's my rating. That's my rating. Hot dog. Let's go. I know. So... <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It was Isaac going out there and executing. He shot twelve down at Fox Run, which he only shot plus uh, six down, I think, in round two, if I'm not mistaken. Isaac, yeah, shot six down the first time he played that course in round two. Um, as much as he built that lead. I mean, looking at the score scorecard and everything, it was just kind of people that were above him going into that round, just dropping like flies. Yeah. You, had, you had Chris Dickerson only shooting six down. You had AB only shooting eight down. You had Alden Harris only shooting eight down. And then down to Cole Riddall and shooting this, his plus three. Um, so he kind of just like maintained, because you look at, those are... All four of the lead card going into the final round, there was only Isaac who stayed on the lead card going into from round three to round four. You know, so all, all those guys that joined him at the top were chasing. They're in chase mode. Um, 
And so he didn't really have that much pressure coming from other players behind him because he was already up on that lead card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just surprising to see um, from what you saw, because this was at Smuggler's Notch, this fourth round. Yeah. Calvin shot minus 11. Kyle shot minus 11. Putting them on lead card. So for them moving into the final round, like what were you thinking? Like obviously Isaac's probably the favorite yeah. moving into that final round because he has a three-stroke lead and he just shot minus 12 on the same course. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Fox run. Yeah. Is where they played. So they're playing that in the final round as well. What were your thoughts moving into the final round? Was it like other than Isaac being favorite? Did you have any like predictions, expectations? What, what were you thinking? Um, I mean, I kind of texted texted you earlier. I, I thought going into the tournament, I think it was after round one, that someone from the chase card was going to win. Um, going into the final round with Isaac having that three shot lead pretty much everyone else is a chaser like on the chase card you know because normally you have at the top you have tied or within one or two strokes of the lead um mm-hmm. but there was no one for, within three strokes so i thought everyone else was just going to be able to come out play kind of loose and attack but we've seen isaac just being the cold killer that he is at champions cup like just absolutely go out there and put on a clinic um, and just maintain his momentum through the, through the whole round, that final round. Yeah. Um, so then let's look at the final round. Yeah. As we already mentioned, Isaac took it down. He shot minus 10, which... Yep. And that was with the bogey on 18. Yeah. And a bogey on five. Yes. So he had 12 birdies. <laughs> yeah. 12 birdies in the final round of Worlds. Yep. It, and yes, the course is difficult, but also like just the context of it is unbelievable. Like that's, yeah. that's clutch, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he bogeyed 18 because he did the extra layup. Well, yeah. He threw a mid range off the tee. Yeah. He kind of, he he flubbed his second shot into the tree. It settled down. So it was just a kind of jump putt close, tap, like give myself the tap in so I can celebrate as the last person on the course. Yep. And, uh, so. Just absolutely impressive execution uh, for not throwing forehands unless yeah. he's like absolutely in trouble. He shredded the course. Yeah. Like, he did. Just tru- truly impressive to see. I think the coolest moment was seeing his brother come and hug him. Oh my God. The first one there, like just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Like yeah. faster than his wife, which I didn't know he was married. But yeah. That's a, at least that's what Gemma said. Um, I was with my brother at the time when I watched it, nice. and 
I like got like emotional. <laughs> oh man, brother! Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It was cool to see. Yeah. Um, but also in that final round, Anthony Brella shot twelve down to finish solo second place. Yeah. And then a crazy storyline: Eagle McMahon and Matty O both shot minus thirteen, both taking a bogey on hole eighteen. Uh, they got the tie- p- the par. To tie. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. But uh, yeah, yeah it, they it, both they yeah. both went out of bounds on eighteen. Yeah, in like the worst way possible. Made yeah, absolute terrible rollaways, and made yeah circle two putts, both of them back to back. Yeah, it was to sick. tie each it, other for third place. Like yeah, it was it, it was, was cool. It was super cool to see, and both of them shot minus thirteen. Mm-hmm. If they wouldn't have gone out of bounds and still made the putt. And shot minus fourteen. That would have tied the course record. Yeah, which Eagle set the just, round before, which is just insane. Yeah, Eagle. So that, yeah, coming off of that fourth round, Eagle shot a fourteen down. Fourteen down. He was back by six because he did ten ninety one rated. He did not start well at all. Um, no, he didn't. First, I'm like look three three rounds, but it was a very outside chance. But I, he, he was kind of the guy that was applying a lot of the pressure because he was that two cards ahead. He was, yeah, he was ahead. Yep. So he was the one that was setting the pace. He was doing a great job of it. Um, he had not a great tee shot on hole fifteen. Um, hit one of the early trees. It's that forehand hole that Nate Sexton aced. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep hole 16 so that's i mean that's not necessarily uncharacteristic but a hole that those top guys can birdie and should birdie but not easy um hole 16 long tunnel shot through the trees then you have like a little creek in the middle and then you wide open shot into the opening where the Mm -hmm. he went long on his tee shot and found that creek in the middle of and most people are like not even getting close, hitting early trees, getting weird skips, and having to just like lay up on their second shot. Homeboy almost made it to the opening, the landing zone on his second shot in one. So like Insane. he ended up getting a par, but so he with an out of bound stroke. So he basically birdied that one. And then the unfortunate roll away on 18. So like those are three strokes that he could have easily had on the last three holes, four holes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely insane. Like, uh, he shot minus four, the first round minus five, the second round, which both are, if you want to win worlds, you can't be doing that. Right. You gotta, you have to be closer to the double digits, especially of course, like in smugglers notch, yeah, where those are are scorable courses for sure. You got to be in the at minimum the six to start, right? You got to go six, eight, ten range, yeah. especially the first three rounds. So he just put himself behind. He yeah. still only finished three strokes off of first place, just by finishing the two rounds at fourteen and thirteen. Yeah. So if, I I guarantee you he's kicking himself saying. If I just would have shot eight under that first round instead of four, 
I would have won worlds. Like it, you know what it, I mean. It's like, not even the first three rounds. If you just sh- shoot one stroke better, you're tied. It's utterly insane to think about. Like yeah. the which everyone the mis- can everyone the, can say that of course everyone can yes. But yeah. if you just think about like his a miss putt in round one, a miss putt in round two, and a miss putt in round three. Yeah. Or you know, say he got an unlucky roll away or something like that, or a disc was barely out of bounds instead yep. of being on the line you know like just those tiny differences which is that's golf right yeah that all the attention to detail it's the little things that matter every stroke counts mm-hmm. and isaac robinson played not perfect golf he just played, he played, so- he played clean consistent golf made putt after putt after putt yep. he put the disc in play he wasn't taking a lot of ob strokes yeah and watching his form, I realized that the thing that he, like, his game is based on changing the disc and not his form. Yep. He throws yeah. every disc the exact same way, and he trusts the disc to do the thing. And it's like, I don't know of a single player on tour that trusts their bag more than him. And can you yeah. think of anybody else that trusts their bag? As much or more than him? No, not that I. Not that is putting that like consistency in their throwing. Only one that like just briefly popped to mind is James Proctor. I feel like I don't see his throw change often. He does. He does change the angles, but yeah, it still looks a, like it looks the same. Yeah, no, I think that's a great. Um, that's a great comparison as well. Uh, shout out to James Proctor who finished in tenth place at minus with a minus thirteen in that final round. So yeah, came out hot or finished I, hot. I, I mean, my dark horse pick uh, was within contention after multiple rounds and mm-hmm. didn't didn't have a great round four. But or was it round three or round four? I can't remember now. I think it was round three. He was close. Oh, round four, he shot minus two, so he uh, kind of put himself yeah. out of position. By shooting minus two, yeah. Um, Chris Dickerson finished in ninth place. Kyle Klein, Alden Harrison, Gannon Burr all tied for sixth, and Calvin Heimberg in solo fifth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ricky Wysocki did finish in twelfth, and Simon Lazat in eleventh. So for Ricky playing not great for multiple rounds, you know, obviously mm-hmm. he was nine strokes off of the lead, but uh, Ricky finished in 12th. Paul Macbeth finished in 13th as well as, oh, and Ezra Robinson finished in 15th. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, I don't know. Exciting finish. Yeah, it was good. I can't say I was surprised after seeing what happened or the results after round four and seeing it before round five. I can't say I was surprised to see Isaac win. But I did not pick him. Right, like in my thought process, like he's in the top ten to me, not the top yeah. three that I thought would actually win worlds, just based on the courses alone. Because I thought, you know, there's a lot of forehand holes that just yeah it sets up to a player with a very mixed and uh, well well rounded game. Yeah, well balanced. Yeah. Game yeah. putting, turning right, turning left, staying straight, 
woods distance like it, it it you need a full game to win a tournament in five yeah. rounds at this at these courses yeah and i truthfully i'm fine with worlds being back there again yeah i thought it was good i i mean it has history it has nostalgia yeah i look at the scores and it's not like it was a birdie fest but I, there's just something like I want it to be a little bit more of a struggle, especially on Fox Run. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's like Brewster Ridge had almost like too much flukiness with the trees that are in the fairways. And it's like, yeah, this is a, a really good shot and it hits a tree. And then someone else can like kind of early release or pull it and you go around the tree and find like a back door. And like, yeah. I, I just, when thing, when trees are right in the middle of where you're trying to go, I'm not the biggest fan, which is like what I really like about like champions cup is like, they have lots of trees, but the fairway is very clearly defined. And like, we don't need huge fairways, but I want a, a very clearly defined one so that, a good shot gets rewarded and doesn't get punished and bad shots will get punished and not just like get fluky and lucky. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that sentiment. Um, I think they potentially could tighten some of the OB on uh, Fox run Run in the future moving forward. And also I think there's probably like 10 trees that need to be removed out of the fairways on uh, Brewster. Shoot, what's the one? Brewster. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, like, I I see what you're saying, and like a couple of those, it's like, yeah, that tree is jutting out, and if that's the center of the fairway, that tree should not be there. Like, yeah, I think that they could just do a few things to make it a, a world's course again. Um, but also, that's kind of what I love about the sport is that we are constantly. You know, we're nitpicking things to make it better, and then all of a sudden we think that it, you were like, "Okay, great, this is better." Now, yeah. now we're ready. Nope, actually, there's something else that needs to change. Yeah, and I think that as long as we're comfortable with change still occurring each and every year, then I'm good with that. But I, I, I love the courses. I'm yeah. I'm also excited for next year though. In uh, yes, uh, it, Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, and like like that course. Foundation how it is laid up because i've watched um hunters trying to break 68 series which is like awesome but i love that um yeah but that course one i think isaac is gonna just (laughs) absolutely dominate it like he might go back to the favorite all right yes yes um that one it has his game is so well suited for it yes it has very clearly defined fairways and lots of trouble off of them. And I think it's just like that's what I want it to see. I want it to I want it to be like that. For me, like what I envision for worlds is good scores being six, seven, or eight down. And that's what a lot of the top guys are getting, but with the potential to like reach ten and like eleven down is kind of unheard of. So like when yeah. Eagle and James went 
14, 13, like I don't having have, having the the bar just just be a, lowered little a little bit. Just a little which bit. I think that this new London course will absolutely provide that. I think so too. It can. There's a couple holes I don't like on the course that I yeah. think are fluky. Yes. Uh, there's, yeah, there's one par four one where like he always just there's, there's like no fair. There's, there's I can't no, tell where he's throwing. No, yeah, I can no never idea. see it. It's just like don't hit a tree. Yeah, the first the first few holes though, I can literally picture in my okay. head because we've watched so many videos of there. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's hole two. That should be a par five. It is no. No, it's par four. Nine hundred sixty feet, par four. Oh. That should be par five. They they should just extend it another hundred feet. Call it par five. Like yeah. <laughs> that whole stupid. Yeah. But well, because then they have that one par five that is like you throw a putter off the tee, and then you still yep. you turn the corner, and you still have nine hundred feet to throw a disc dead straight. Yeah, but I like that. I think that's fine because you can bite off more if you want, or you can play for the layup, layup, layup. Whereas to yeah. go nine hundred feet in two shots through. A very tight, not very yeah. tight, but like it's very skippy. So if you don't land a mid range or something like that, mm-hmm. like any any driver is going to skip. Yeah. So I don't know for sure. We're 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 getting distracted, but cool to see okay. worlds awesome that it happened. Uh, presented by LL Bean, so it's kind yeah. of fun to see a big name sponsor come through. Yeah. They did a good I job wanna, incorporating a lot of their signs. Um, I they had say ad- LL advertisements. Bean is- from Maine, Probably. so they're 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 close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but still cool to see a big name brand take yeah. hold of the sponsorship. Uh, good to see a nice big purse uh, come through for the uh, winner Isaac Robinson there, and yeah. uh, good for Anthony Barella finishing second, solo second. Proud of him for he's just putting his name. Up there, he's climbing the ranks, and yeah. uh, not far he's off. The new, he's the new Eagle McMahon. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. Which is uh, hard to SEO. say when Eagle is only what twenty six. But yeah. Also, I saw AB. I like clicked on. I was looking at his Instagram, uh, and he had his girlfriend catting for him for one of the rounds or whatever. And I clicked on her profile, and she's like some like Arizona. Yep. model or something like that and i was like uh i guess i'm not that surprised like ab is like six 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 yeah and he goes he yep, they, i think they went to college together. yeah 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 so yeah. it makes sense i was like oh okay nice we don't see that often on on disc golf so no. yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason why i brought it up um looking at fpo yeah surprise surprise Kristen tatar yeah wins her second world title back to back uh Six strokes over Missy Gannon, which I was surprised to see Missy in se- in second. Um, my pick, shout out to Holland Hanley, finished in third. Yeah. 12, 12 strokes off of Kristen. Yeah. Uh, so very clear gap. And then in fourth place was the putting woes champion herself, Evelina Solonen. Uh, and and Hannah- she... And head of Blomroos, um, and they were how many strokes is that? Seventeen strokes off of first place, and yep. they were tied for fourth. Yep. So, really, the fact that Missy was close is 
dang impressive. And she made and, it and a lot one, closer than one this. stroke off after round was after whole, through hole seventeen after round four, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was very very close um, through the end of round four. Um. Yeah, Kristen never pulled away really, and Missy just kept chipping away, chipping away. She put together a really good stretch. Um, in round four, holes hole eight through seventeen, um, had a one, two, three, four, six birdies out of nine holes. So great job, mm-hmm. and then so she was one or two strokes back going to hole 18 and then threw out of bounds not the best upshot missed a putt and then tap out for double bogey to extend the lead back out to four and after that it was kind of like all the wind out of the sail fell off the train is off the railroad tracks like you're not going to catch Kristen when she has that type of lead but if you're only down by one or two you can apply some pressure and she was that round for sure yeah and the unfortunate part is that she was the only one applying pressure yeah I'd love to see somebody else somewhat close to there uh and then their cut was after round four, and they only had six people or thirty-six people finish the final round. Yeah, which was kind of surprising for me to see such a small group in that finals. And the last place or thirty-sixth place shot plus thirty-one. So just a just absolute ridiculous difference between Kristen Tatar and. Yeah the rest of the field yeah yeah it's i mean nothing's new (laughs) no yeah she it's just really exciting that missy made it close because without her there it's a 12 shot runaway missy played really well um just kind of a little bit too late um not a little too late but kind of that, that final, eight, final round she she didn't do great on yeah yeah it it wasn't it was she did inter- good, it, it was great. interesting it was interesting it wasn't a blowout where you had to turn it off because it wasn't even fun to watch um it was interesting but it was not as close yeah. as like MPO or anything else so well I mean Missy played <clears throat> pretty consistent the entire yeah. tournament. Yeah. If we look at her scores, she went minus three, minus four, minus six in round three. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Minus four in round four and minus three in the final round. So realistically, her ceiling was minus six. Like her best round was minus six. And that was round three. So she shot minus she shot minus three to minus six was her range, and she yeah. stayed that very consistently. So for her to actually take down Kristen would have had to be some hot run 
that yeah. Missy went on. Yeah. But well, I'll tell her you that- playing her playing consistent applied some pressure. Yeah, but we don't have as many FPO players with that high ceiling. Yeah. And those that did have the high ceiling, such as a Haley King, who shot minus six in that final round. Just uh, out of the question. Holland Hanley shot middle. minus seven in the final round. Mm-hmm. Those players swing high, but they also swing low. Whereas yeah. Missy is very consistent. She She's is. just not the low, like, she can't yeah. pull out a ton of low scores consistently. Yeah. Looking at those FBO scores, Missy actually beat Kristen by two strokes over the last three rounds. Really? Mm-hmm. Minus five, minus two, minus four. So it's minus 11 versus Missy's, minus six, minus four, minus three. Yeah. But that's also not factoring in the fact that Kristen... If oh, I know. Yeah. You know, round two, it just... It does go to show how close the two of them were, especially compared to everybody else who could not pull out consistent scores or low scores consistently. Yeah. So, anyways. It was fun. It was good. Happy happy to see Kristen win again. I'm rooting for her. Like, even though I want to see a little bit more parity, I'm still rooting for her. Oh, yeah. I I want to see her dominate. Like, (laughs) I don't know. All day. I don't know if that's. It, it's like it kind of strange, but her, we talk about wanting to see parody, but yet we still root for her. I don't know. No, I'm like her dominant streak that is going on for the last two years now is only going to make the FPO division in the future so much better. If mm-hmm. like if you if she wasn't here. You'd have Missy, who only has a backhand. You would have, I mean, Paige is out, so it's hard to tell. Like, you would have no one to set the standard of what it takes to be a world champion to push everyone else. Right. Because she has such a well rounded game. She does, I don't think she does anything better than anyone else, but she does all of it at a high level. And consistently. Um, yep. She's going to make people have to get a better backhand, have to get a better forehand, have to make 80 plus percent C1X putts, have right. to make have to make 15, 20% C2 putts. Um, and that's only going to be better for the game, for, the, for their division, for sure. So we're not seeing it now, but three, four years down the line, you're going to see a slew of players that have that kind of complete package and they're just going to burst onto the scene and are immediately going to start taking over leaderboards with their their play. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah, that was Worlds. Well, that was Worlds. Uh, next, we do have MVP. Not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. Cool. Um, and then it is the uh, USDG, USDGC and then the Tour Championships. So cool. Okay. We know that Paul Macbeth is only playing in USDGC, or is he done? I, th- I think he's done done. Okay. Yeah. There's somebody else who's only playing in USDGC. 
Okay. And uh, okay. Oh no, it's yeah, True Gibson. He's playing USDGC, um, which is actually kind of a decent little transition because okay. Drew Gibson. I sent you his video this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Bunch of new finish line discs coming out, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing crazy. He's got a, a straight to neutral fairway driver, an overstable fairway driver, a halo destroyer type distance driver, and then he compares it to like a, a star race distance driver. Mm. Um, so four new molds that just came out, as well as his Buzz mid-range copycat, the Supra. Yeah. And the Era, and then he's got his deal with uh ev7 so yeah. i don't expect putters for a minute he does have he does have a putter i thought i can't remember i have to i know i don't up, know i don't know I just, on top of my head just but watched the video one. today and saw yeah. that he's got four new discs in his bag that are finished line discs that he's created yeah um so shout well, to kyle harrigan who's on the podcast a little yeah. bit ago who's sponsored by finish line so mm-hmm. what do you got yeah. there um, but that transitions us into what's new in your bag, Mr. Harris. Yeah. Um, so I went to my disc golf store that's close to me, which is 40 minutes away. Um, and I was just thinking of how I want to set up my bag. And I've had... A little bit of a so I've been putting with the cash recently and mm-hmm. I like it. It feels good, it works. But I'm not like I'm not good at putting. So like it I know it's not the putter that's doing it, but I really want to have a familiar hand feel uh for putting and for throwing. So I really want to get I wanted to get a a straight putter. And get a so I want two baseline putters, and then I want a premium plastic in that same mold to be my straight neutral, maybe slightly understable like counterpart to go with my putter, and then I'll have more stable versions of different molds. Um, mm-hmm. So I went and bought two putters. The first one, I already have the the throwing putter of it, but I got some baseline inner cores. So some nice flat top boys. Um, yeah, what do you think of the feel? I mean, I know you felt mine at USAMs. Yeah. And you've thrown the inner core for a while now. How do you like the feel of the plastic and of the actual mold itself for putting it? Do you feel like it's too shallow? It's not too where, where shallow. It's not too shallow. I think it it feels really good for putting. Um, I like it. The plastic kind of feels like really old D like Innova made D line where it's a little slick. It's like I gotta like kind of roughen it up a little bit, hit some more cages, have it land in the dirt to kind of like get that that new disc sheen off of it to really get like, or just like put my oils into it, you know, like just grabbing a disc, you, you got to work it in. Um, but I do like it. I do like it. It's, it's a good, good depth. Um, very straight, but like, I love the throwing putter of it. 
I it I've been getting along great with it. I can hit it flat. I can give it hyzer and it'll kind of swing out at the end. I can throw it on any like it just holds any single every single line that you put it on. Um which is just great. Like I want that as my workable throwing putter. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm excited to see how hear how that goes, but I also know you have a competitor to that yes. slot. Yeah. So after watching Kristen just absolutely womp on everyone, I've had I've gone I've I've felt this putter a few times before, but I went and got the zero medium pures. I wanted to get those zero medium, the uh, glow in the dark ones, the white ones that she uses. Cause they're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're so dope. Um, they are cool. They didn't have any at the store, but got those. And I just thought it would be, it's really easy to find an opto gold line throwing pure. Um, and with her win at, uh, the European Open or yeah. European Championships that she just won. Yeah, she's got a new gold line. Uh, her orbit. Run, no, what is orbit. It? Orbit pure, yeah. and those things look beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna say nasty, but yeah, they look nasty, nice. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So, I just think it's it's a good and it, and if I'm wanting to, if the gold or orbit are is not quite stable enough, I can go find an Opto X type of thing to be a little bit more stable but i'm sure any of those will, will be fine but i think it would be fun to putt and throw the same mold just to feel comfortable with it yep well uh i can testify to that theory because my bag i've got i'm putting with the links again and so i've yep. got my links and then i've got a premium plastic link which the link is a a straight putter with a fade at the end of it like that's yeah. just kind of what it naturally is so it's not your straight to understable like you're kind of looking for right now yeah yeah but just just the the idea of it so i've got you know brand new link i've got a beat in link i've got a very beat up link and then i've got a premium link uh and this is my very beat up one and isaac robinson has inspired me to keep throwing this guy more and more and more because he has his PA3 uh, that's just like PA3 that he just throws on the same angle as he throws everything else, and he's got one that just kind of goes straight mm. with a little turn to it. And he's got another one that turns more and just kind of flattens out. And so I'm like, that's just so admirable, and I want to have a baseline link that's beat in more and just keeps turning and turning, so I can just keep cycling links like i've always been doing but i just get too bored and i just want to play with new ones because they're all fun so i've got a bunch in the same stage of wear yeah but i've got this one that's beat up and that's going to be kind of my understable one um, but then i also still have my inner course too so i'm kind of still finalizing or trying to uh nail down what exactly i want to bag for states coming up here soon but i love the idea of having a throwing putter that's same hand feel as your putting putter because it's it adds a little bit of extra confidence knowing you know what i putt with this this is what's in my hand and mm -hmm. it kind of takes away a little bit of choice so it makes it so it's like yeah okay i need to throw a putter great I'm just gonna throw my putter 
Yeah. Because yeah. you just have a putter, right? Yeah. You don't have a your putting putter and then your slew of throwing putters. You yeah. kind of just are able. I mean, we're mold minimalists at heart, even though we are obsessed with discs and love to Always. field and throw and test new ones. But yeah, when it comes to actually building a proper bag, I think having a throwing putter that has a consistent feel and a you know slightly more stable flight or you know less stable flight to what you're used to just makes sense it does yeah it's fun um it is fun to try new things so i think trying the the inner core for putting and going and trying the pure again um it's been a long time since i've i've tried one but it'll be fun to try something new and maybe a little spark some actually good putting in me hey we any excuse to find a a better putting stroke is yeah it's always okay yeah i need it so um so i got two more i'll save that one for last um we had micah on he raved about the emperor um i wanted to give it a try and so i got this Garrett girthy. It's not swirly on the top, which is disappointing, but the bottom looks oh kind of sick. Oh my, nasty. Yeah. So there's a nice, wow. pretty domey. I wouldn't say it's yeah, top that, top, that's, but that's a good amount of dome though. Like that's what you want. Yeah. Like I don't know if you can hear it. No, you can't hear that. But Mm-mm. there, it's it doesn't have a a deep heartbeat, but it has enough dome. Went and through them. Went and through it uh two days ago i don't know um it is not as overstable as i expected but i'm like pleasantly surprised with (laughs) like right out of the box it is a i was i was inspired by isaac so i was throwing the like really flat and like ripped over as hard as you could but not like any just hard and flat and it would pop up just gently ride to the left never turning but like ride to the left and then just a nice gentle fade at the end so i gentle I, okay yeah it's it was a good flight i think it i would have it, it did it go far yeah went far yeah. not any farther than any other of my discs that i have but it went far sure i i equate it to so i've been really loving my g-star destroyers and it's mm-hmm. just like that, where it's like that's awesome. It doesn't like flip up, but if you throw it flat, you can get it to turn, and then it that three stability at the end will actually kick in and keep you right back to your center. So that's sweet. It was good. It was good. Um, and then you last, also did get another infinite disc. I did. did. You want to talk about that? Oh, the Exodus. The Exodus. Yeah. yeah. How do you like the Exodus? Um, I only threw it twice. I went to the soccer field and there was a bunch of people playing. So I had to throw it like diagonally across them and make sure I didn't hit any kids. Um, (laughs) it was good. It's the color glow. It definitely did not have the mid flight stability that I expected from a 7502. But at the end of the flight, it did come back pretty significantly. So like Mm -hmm. it's not dumping, but it's not like staying straight the whole time. So yeah. it has the integrity at the end of the flight. 
it's nice. Feels good. How would you uh, compare it to your explorers? Um, like a like a beat-in one, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, which is nice that like you can get something right off the shelf that you feel comfortable throwing. Um, cool. Yeah, I do like that throw where it's like hard and flat, goes straight, and then it just kind of dumps back at the end. Like there's if something you can you can trust that you're gonna put it out to the right of yes. the basket and it's gonna go straight the entire way and then just fade down at the basket. Yeah, you can aim a little bit more straight at your line than having to like swing something over stable or if you get something more understable where you're having to flip it up and be very like precise with how it flies through the air. So like yep. I I like that. I like that a lot. Yep. Um, totally. It kind of reminds me of the flight of this next disc, which oh. is an ESP zone. Mm. Nice, dirty yellow with a goldish green stamp on it. Super cool. And you, a white rim. It's it's lighter. It's lighter. It's not quite white, but like it looks cool. It looks dirty, which I love. Like I love just old dirty frisbees. It, nothing better than that. <laughs> like it's got a little bit of a little puddle puddle to it. So this is just a really nice throw it hard. Like it's just a workable disc. You can throw it on any. It'll hold that turn and then fight back at the end. You can throw it on a spike hyzer. It'll kind of hold it the whole time. Um, compared to my two Z, I think so zones um not way less stable but it is a, a significant tick down which is yeah. exactly what i want some, yeah which is some, exactly what i want is one to be straighter to overstable and one to just be the meat hook any headwind swinging hyzers more skip on the ground um type of approach disc so yeah that's awesome uh, yeah. I've been a long proponent of the ESP zone. Just a stock ESP zone is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, the Paul Macbeth six time. Yeah. Zones that just came out. Those are essentially just stock ESP with a special stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, the tour series zones have a little bit more, uh, swirl and a little bit more bite to them than mm -hmm. just a stock ESP zone. Yeah. It's in the 2023, um, ESP zones that just came out, but again, just something about a stock ESP zone is just fantastic. I love yeah. it. And yeah. I, I'm looking at my bag. I've got my retired ESP zone and then I've got two Mac, McBeast six time zones. And I'm like, I need a couple just stock ESP zones. Like <laughs> I just, yeah. I've been yeah. wanting to pick some up. Just haven't uh, had the budget to do so. And uh, that is, Something I'm very envious of that you were able to pick up something in a discount rack. Yeah, yeah. Miss oh, miss cool. uh, miss stamped, I guess, or something. Looked fine to me. Yeah, but I had had the yeah. X on the bottom, so. Gotcha. Yeah, you and I aren't aren't as particular. Like we'll we'll take the slight error in the stamp because for you it's like seventy five percent of the time you're gonna wipe it anyway. So. <laughs> Precisely. So. Yep. I don't lose care. its value right there but yeah <laughs> yeah it's all good um okay what are you looking forward to this next upcoming week in disc golf 
I'm gonna go off tangent and not do disc golf because let's go. It is my son's birthday on Friday. Oh, let's yeah, go. One he's, year old. He's baby. turning he is turning one. Um, my mom is coming down to visit me, and we are gonna be going to Disneyland on Saturday. So okay. I got a I got a really fun weekend ahead of me. And it doesn't involve disc golf, which and doesn't happen no very disc often. golf that you're gonna miss out on anyway. So yeah. That works out great. Yeah. Yeah. Well that that should be exciting. Happy birthday baby Harris yeah um for me I've got a couple things I'm excited about one uh I am nursing a little bit of a shoulder injury as in my shoulder started hurting about a month ago uh, I thought it was maybe just over usage and then I woke up on it one night and it yeah. just was in crazy amount of pain uh, to the point where I couldn't do like just like a simple lift without feeling it, without having to grimace through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been taking some time off. I haven't been throwing, uh, and I need to practice because I got states coming up in three weekends. Yep. But I've got some new discs that finally arrived that I'm going to be testing out this week. So Perfect. I will report on that next week. So I'm excited to throw those. I'm a little anxious about the shoulder hoping that it's not a serious thing and it's just i slept on it weird and you know i'll be fine yeah but in case i'm not i'm going to be taking it a little bit easier doing a lot more stretching so that's one thing i am focusing on this week is just doing just general stretching and also just kind of strengthening my shoulder Um, and then the last thing i'm excited about is the nfl is back baby we got Chiefs playing tomorrow night, Thursday night football, reigning Super Bowl champions. Nice. Back. It's been a long time, yeah. it feels like, since yeah. I had football to watch. And I will be consuming as much of it as I can this weekend. Perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. So get out there, watch the football. Um, Throw I think some plastic. Go, yeah. Go play Frisbee first and then come back watch the football, watch the highlights, sit on the couch as the the sun starts to set and the days get a little bit shorter. That's the one thing I'm not looking forward to. I love the fall. It's my favorite season. I just yeah. don't love the days getting a little bit shorter at yeah. a time. But, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that sounds like a great weekend to me. Play some disc golf on Saturday, maybe watch some college football or some highlights. Yeah. But then Sunday, go to church, hang out with family, watch some football, eat some food. Exactly. Sounds like a that sounds like a perfect weekend to me, honestly. Yeah, so. It is. So, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember to leave your comments, like, subscribe, rate us Share. wherever you're listening. Yeah. Share, and we will catch you guys next week with the MVP preview and whatever else we want to talk about. Let's go. Lefties out.